What's up, Cam? Not much. How are you, Mitch? I'm doing well. How are you? You know, I am doing all right. Uh, long week. Glad it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. Very excited to be here. Awesome. I I asked my wife this morning because I was curious to see if she noticed something about the last episode that I noticed. We were far more awake the last episode because we did it. We did it in the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and I think it, it the the show was a little different because of that. It was kind of funny. Yeah, well, we usually record not early in the morning, but you know, early for some people. Well, yeah, guilty is <laughs> charged. Guilty is charged. And in last episode, we recorded on a different day at a later point. And yes, we were both a little more snappy. So well, we had both. I'm I'm guessing you go to church in the morning. So I think we both. We actually both no. Are, I go to. We have uh, church in the evening. We have five okay. o'clock service. Well, at any rate, I was up doing stuff already, and you know, and I'm assuming you were up doing stuff already. But yes, but it was you know we were awake, we were ready to go, and now back to the sleepy schedule. So. So I sent you pictures of the winter wonderland we have up here. Yeah, ours is a melted mess right now. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah we're, you know, for people that see these pictures of, you know, the white frosted trees and the the landscape and think like that's Wisconsin or even northern the United States any time of the year, it's actually rather rare. The weather has just been perfect recently with what they what they refer to as freezing fog. Yeah. <laughs> and the trees do look super cool when they have that, that oh, coating of snow on them. It's, there was, it's really picturesque. So there was a encrusting of ice on the trees. And then with the with what they're referring to as freezing fog, because because the fog was so thick, it was freezing on the trees. It gave it a white appearance uh-huh. because it, it was more like snow clinging to the trees. Yeah. And and it just was gorgeous. We yeah, we, we, lived... we had that down here too. It's super I, I was just driving and I was like, eyes on the road, eyes on the road, like focus. Mm-hmm. I kept like, ooh, ooh <laughs> yeah. it's so pretty. <laughs> well, we've got Cascade Mountain just outside of town where they, they do skiing and stuff like that. Yeah. And the hill outside of the the ski runs is all wooded. So oh, I drove past yeah. there and it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. That That's a cool feature to have near here anyway. But because in the fall, it's, you know. Oh, I bet it's beautiful. Yeah, it, it's gorgeous. Yeah. So but and then we live not far from the Baraboo Bluffs here as well, which is just beautiful to drive through. My wife and I went down to Black Earth, Wisconsin to a really popular shoe shoe store down there because I needed to get some shoes and that was about a 50 minute drive but they but it was like the roller coaster roads that they're sweeping in and out of the hills and up uh-huh. and down oh just a beautiful drive I wish we would have just driven it for pleasure but you know we, we had a destination in mind but it was just gorgeous you can still have some fun along the way Mitch oh are you kidding me I got a jeep we had fun it was good <laughs> That's the kind of road that that Jeep's built to drive on. So, but anyway, this is the first show of the new year. And uh, how do you feel about New Year's resolutions? In general, not a fan. But that's only because I forget that I make them like by January 3rd. And I'm like, oh, 
well, crap. Yeah. <laughs> Got to wait a whole nother 362 days to try again. Yeah. And quite honestly, I think that, you know, normally, you know, if it's not something that you normally do, it is, it's really just setting yourself up for failure. It's like, how am I going to fail this year? <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. Let me count resolution. the ways. Yep. So what my wife and I do is we set up a, we, we talked about it actually this morning because I wanted to get a feel for what she was thinking this year, but we come up with kind of a theme for the year, or sometimes I'll look at it as here's a goal that I want to accomplish this year. Mm-hmm. And then I can sit down and kind of map out how we're going to accomplish those goals. So uh, the tricky bit as Christians is that we have to be, you know, the goals that I put forward are not, Hey, I'm going to go get a new job this year, because quite honestly, that's totally God's will as to whether or not I'm leaving a current position to going to another position or something like that. So that's some, not something that I like to set as a goal. What, what I've decided on this year is I want to put a app in the app store this year. Oh, so interesting. At, as simple or as complicated as the app is, I've got an idea actually, and it's more has to do with, with my job. There's a, a little Python script that I wrote for doing a calculation for our, what is it, profit sharing that we do. And I thought, you know what, I'd love to turn this into some Swift code and build an app, you know, and just get some experience learning how to do that. And then throw down my hundred bucks for my developer account and throw it on the app store and you know, maybe charge 99 cents for it and see who's interested in purchasing something like that. I mean, it's obviously a very small audience for it, but, but I, I think it would be interesting at least just to have the experience of getting it up on the app store. So, yeah, that would be really interesting, you know, from like a podcasting perspective of like knowing what that process looks like and how easy or difficult and, you know, what are the hurdles and, and all of that sort of stuff. That'd be super cool. And I'm happy you're not making a task manager because that's everyone's <laughs> first app. So to be honest with you, I have a goal. I have a long-term goal in mind. Did you ever play, there was a game years ago called uh, Poker Quest or uh, no, Poker, I'm not familiar. Poker Dice, I think was the original or something like that. So Motion X now based. poker dice p- p- poker dice oh boy sorry um <laughs> so there's a there's a company called motion x that really early on i'm just ignoring you made a uh made this great little casual gaming app that was just all it was was you rolling dice in like a poker style so you had five dice and you had to make the best poker hand out of those dice that you could mm-hmm. and and you played against a computer player and it was just the coolest little app for just like drop in, roll a few, drop, you know, get out. There were times that I would sit and play for like an hour, hour and a half. It's just, it was kind of got that next level syndrome. Oh, I'll play one more. I'll play uh-huh. one more. I'll play yeah. one. It was just like this addicting little app. And I have ever since motion X basically decided to get out of that business and go into doing stuff for larger businesses and corporations because a lot of their uh, ip was really good for for that so they they ditched all the uh, consumer stuff and went into more of their business stuff and so they pulled those apps from the app store and you know there is no app that i miss more than that game (laughs) i mean 
I do wonder sometimes if OmniFocus just pulled OmniFocus from the store, if I would miss it as much as I missed uh, Poker Quest, because it it was just such a cool little like time waster. And so my long term goal, I want to make another one of those. I want to make a dice rolling app. It was a beautiful app used used uh, motion physics to like you'd shake the you'd shake your phone and the dice would roll and you were watching the animation of the dice roll you unlocked new dice sets and stuff like that so you could use the dice set that you liked the best uh-huh. out of the ones that you had so there was like some customization options there there were different boards that you would unlock as you go because obviously you were throwing the dice down on a board so the the decoration of that board would change as you moved up in levels uh, on the game so there was a point to the game you were kind of going through and the the poker quest itself was built on egyptian uh gods and as and you'd play egyptian gods and you as you beat them you'd move on to the next one and you just you just keep uh playing different egyptian gods and each board was designed around that egyptian god so interesting and then at yeah. the end you got to cross the the sea on dry land right <laughs> free lap that could be otherwise in all of pharaoh's men did the dead man float Do-do-do-do. sure right. <laughs> <laughs> oh sometimes i wonder why we do this <laughs> Oh, boy. We're off to a great start today. (laughs) Are we awake today? Seems like it. I'm very awake. I just sang on a podcast. Yep, you did. So I've got no follow-up in the the show (laughs) doc today. So you have anything that you wanted to follow up on from past episodes? Not that I can think of. All right. Well, let's just move on to our first topic then. Did you want to introduce this topic? Mm, Rumors, Mitch. Rumors. So, as any nerd will will know, there are always rumors of what's coming, what's next, what's the latest product, what's the leak, what's what's the scuttlebutt going on at our favorite technology companies. And I found a tweet from Mac Rumors, which is a dead a website dedicated to all of that silliness, predicting patent filings you know hidden code all of that stuff obviously focused on apple related stuff because it's mac rumors and they released a tweet that had uh, a list of rumored products to expect from apple in 2021 and as this is our first episode of the new year we thought we would run down their list of rumors for the coming year and talk about them and offer our two cents. So up first, the Apple Silicon iMac. What are your thoughts on this one, Mitch? As the Um, owner of a new iMac. You know, first off, I want to say that I do not regret the purchase of this iMac whatsoever. I, I am because of some of the growing pains of the, the Apple Silicon machines so far, I am super happy to have this right now. So in a few years, I'll probably be ready for for an M, M series a Mac. But uh, as for right now, I'm loving this machine. I just put Windows on it this last week. So Nana Nana. Feels dirty. <laughs> what, you do, what you got to do. Yeah. 
But Apple Silicon iMacs, I think what I'm most excited about, and I'm not sure we're going to see it this year, is the redesign of the of the iMac. Mm, I bet. And the only reason I say that I'm I'm a little bit tenuous about whether or not they're going to do a redesign is because it's not the way they've been doing things, you know. And if you look at their history, they usually like the first one or two systems that are out with the new the new chips and stuff like that they run on the old architecture for a while. And I think that, or the old, I'm sorry, the old hardware for a while before the redesign. And so I think the redesign we might see in 2022, in my opinion, but I don't think we're going to see it this year. So I will, I will counter that with the, I think they released the new iMac with the new chip and the new redesign. All right. What do you think the redesign is going to be going to look like? Uh, the rumors say it's going to look like the iPad Pro, but just gargantuan because it's an iMac. So I vote I vote redesign an Apple chip all in one fresh new iMac to get all the people's money. Okay. All right. Any any other aspects of that that intrigue you uh, or you think might be coming with? Yeah. I mean, base, so as base the ID. Uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, who knows, but, you know, I as think the owner of an Apple chipped Mac and knowing what my, you know, no fan underpowered MacBook Air can handle, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit terrified about what an iMac could do with a beefed up, you know, M2, M1X, whatever they're going to call it. Right. But a, a more powerful chip designed for a bigger computer. It's it's going to be an absolute beast and that kind of terrifies me a little bit i one of the reasons that i think they'll don't they won't do the redesign this year is because i think that they're gonna they're gonna do the redesign with the face id and there's that's gonna be all part of that story so possibly with touchscreen uh capabilities possibly and that, that's why an imac that's a touchscreen i think it's possible Somebody posited on one of the uh, podcasts I listened to this week, possibly MacBreak, that that they would do a iMac that didn't have touch capability but could use the Apple Pencil. So it would be similar to a Surface Studio where the yeah. stand itself would fold down and you could use it for drawing and writing and, and those sorts of things. But but it would not have, like, you couldn't touch it with your finger and manipulate things. Interesting. The capability is there, whether, you know, depending on how much capability they want to give it. That would be a huge redesign, though, to build an iMac like that. So that that's, what be, saying, that's what I'm that saying. That's what I'm saying this year interesting to see the other thing that they posited and i i think would be interesting to see is if they do something similar to the imac that they did with the the pro or the pro display where you buy the computer and then you choose the stand you want to go with it and one of those stands is the stand that oh yeah the the drafting desk style stand yeah yeah I'm sure for another, you know, thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely they've got it. They're they're going to have to adjust their prices for the desi- the device. But but if you want to, because right now you can order your computer for wall mounting 
I don't, I don't know if you've ever looked at that, but they have two different SKUs. You can order one for wall mounting and mm-hmm. one with a stand, but you can't, what the problem with the, the, if you get the one with the stand, you can't wall mount that. Not easily. They do, There are wall mounts that third parties make that use the stand for the wall mount. Mm-hmm. As I was looking into this, cause I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to get the wall mounted computer or go with the stand and i decided well I, I have some flexibility with this with the one with the stand if i ever do want to wall mount it or put it up on a shelf or do something uh-huh. like that but the the wall mounted one you just and it's hard to find quite honestly it's they don't make it super easy to just say hey i want the wall mounted one but i think part of that is because they they don't want it to be confusing so but at any rate yeah, you can you can order it in two, two different two different SKUs on the website. One with a stand, one without a stand. So if they added one more SKU on there to say, okay, well you could get the drafting style stand with it, I think that would be interesting. Yeah, we shall see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about AirPods. AirPods 3 is the rumor. And so this is different than obviously the AirPods Pro, which we'll talk about later. So this is the next iteration on the original AirPods, which I got to say, I'm still annoyed with the AirPods Pro that I have to click a button to interact instead of just tapping. That's still after months, months of having the AirPods Pro. It still annoys me every single time. So uh, and I'm going to disagree so much with you on that because I prefer that experience. Oh, I hate it so much. Yeah. That whole it, tapping it on makes me, thing it makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially in the wintertime, like when you have gloves on. Yeah. Like, just let me, the tap is so much more. It's easier. It, it is much more forgiving in a lot of contexts. And having and plus, I don't like the noise it makes when you click on the button in your ear. It's like, like I just don't. I I everything about the experience of having to click a physical button on a much shorter stem, I despise. I love the the silicon tips. I love the noise canceling. All of that stuff is great. I want the tapping back. I hate the physical button and everything about it. it like it's infuriating. Well, I strongly disagree with you on that. I, I, those are, those are things I love about this device. So, and did I ever, did I ever show you what I did? I have, I have the foam tips. I bought foam tips for mine. Really? So these are, these are like the, the more ear, earplug design where you can squeeze them in and then seat Mm -hmm. them in your ear. And, and they, they really kind of, they really fill out the ear canal so that they they don't come out as easy and they're they're nice i like them i didn't know you could i didn't know you could mod your airpods like that you sure but anyways the the rumor is airpods 3 so a new take on the original airpods design obviously the first airpods didn't have a charging case or a, a wireless charging case the second version, I believe, did. So I'm interested to see what the third version of the originals looks like. Who knows? We shall see. But there is a rumored third version of the original AirPods coming. Shorter stems. 
Yeah, maybe. We'll see. You know, there's there's that possibility. I think that was part of the rumor on those. Yeah, and that would make the most sense is to make them look more like the pros, but obviously they don't have noise canceling and, you know, all that stuff. So they're entry-level AirPods. The next rumor is a new iPad Pro, which is interesting because they just released new versions of the iPad Pro this year. Mm-hmm. I have one. It's amazing. So obviously it's it's going to be a, a chip rev, right? You know, the whatever the A13 Bionic or, you know, wh- whatever they're going to call it. But I'm interested to see if it's just a, a new chip or if there are new features that come along. I mean, obviously we're we're talking a new version of iOS, right? It's going to come with that. But it'll be interesting to see what the new what the new version can actually offer outside of just a, a more powerful chip or a faster chip, you know, and they show those graphs. It's, you know, 20 times faster than the chip from four years ago and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So you're thinking just a chip upgrade? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to consider, like, they're not going to redesign the hardware. Yeah. So that's out. Maybe, I mean, they're they're probably not going to up the base storage amount because they just did that recently. I mean, obviously, it's really hard to newer say cameras, that. right? You know, they they always update the cameras every year, so I I don't. They've got True Tone, they've got you know. HDR, whatever this and that, and the screens and graphics and color wide PC three wide color gamut, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm just I'm going through the list of features and I'm not seeing a bunch of places where they can change or upgrade things that they haven't done already. So I'm curious. To, I and I could I, again be absolutely incorrect here, but to me it seems like. Unless they're going to do something un unforeseen, it seems just like a chip bump is going to be the newest iPad Pro. Yeah, I don't, I don't, man, it's tough because they just released the iPad Air this year that just totally challenges the the concept of what what the iPad Pro should look like. Mm-hmm. So there's a part of me that thinks there's got to be something that they're going to do with this machine that is going to just blow the the air out of the water. But otherwise, you can't argue for the two SKUs because the iPad Air is such a, a capable machine. Yeah. So uh, you can't differentiate it by color. You know, <laughs> it's got to do more than just look cool. So. Yeah, that's a really good point, Mitch. That's a really good point. So we'll see if they they prove me wrong. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. The next item that you have here, or I should say Mac Rumors had in their list, is iOS 15. Yeah, bold prediction there, guys. Right. Way way to go out of the ledge there. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna take they're gonna take a year off of iterating iOS. That's actually iOS 14.5. It's a snow leopard release. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, 
yeah, it's happening. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Like this, you know, as sure as the sun will set today. And okay, so let know. me refine my question. What do you think they're gonna do? <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I I don't. I have no idea what they're gonna do in fifteen. Uh, so I definitely think there's some refinements that need to be done to widgets. I'd love to see more on the iPad because they didn't talk about an iPad OS as a separate thing here. So I'm going to assume that iOS 15 is yeah, bundling if, in iPad. If, if iOS 15 does not get our widgets out of jail on the iPad, I'm going to riot. I need, I need to be able to put them where I want them on my iPad. And I want the app library on the iPad, Mitch. I, I, am, ma- I have not been mad about this in like 10 episodes and I get to be mad about it again now because we're talking about it. This is so dumb. I want the app library and I want my widgets where I want my widgets on my iPad. Don't put them in jail on the left hand side. That's so stupid. So I am 100% with you on the app library. I'm hmm, 75% with you on the on the widgets. Bro, I'm at like a thousand percent. So your 75 needs to get a little more excited. Okay. I am I'm passionately upset about this. This is so stupid. Yeah. And I so. I get the rotating your device thing, but the, mm-hmm. we already have a solution for this. Change the sizes of the widgets and the iPad so that they are square. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a solvable problem. It is. And yeah. it's a very dumb one to have. And the reasons that Apple have put out for their PR for why they didn't do it uh, make no sense. And they're very stupid. So, well, I think that I think that we'll likely see something like that this year. I think we'll probably see more uh, customization for the iPhone after Widgetsmith blows up and custom icons blew up this okay, last year. Can we talk and... about Widgetsmith for a minute? Sure. I don't understand how that became such a big thing. Like David Smith makes great apps. We know this, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. They are all ugly. And I don't understand why everyone loves them so much. Like, I'm not like, I don't, I don't know the guy. Everyone that, that I listen to on podcasts seems to love him. So apparently great dude i'm not judging his character i'm mm-hmm. just saying he needs to hire a designer because his apps are all ugly and i don't get why everyone loves them so much like widget smith is not pretty and it doesn't make pretty widgets i don't get it they're ugly and it it it's frustrating like good for him i'm happy for an indie developer blowing up and having his like that's i'm like super happy for him but mm-hmm. he needs a someone with design taste to help him. Because if Widget Smith was pretty, imagine what it could have actually. I mean, it blew up already. But mm-hmm. goodness, if you could do pretty things with it, or if his apps were actually designed well from you know an aesthetic standpoint, holy crap! He could never make another app again and be set. Mm-hmm. So, like I. I love that an indie developer is getting all of this attention and getting all this credit and, and really impacting the way people use their phones and their devices. Like all of that is good, but he needs a designer so bad. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm laughing over here because you're the first person that has come out and said something like that. And I've been thinking that this whole time because his apps it's are one of those, ugly. Like, I'm listening to yeah. podcasts and I'm like, why is no one talking about the, the elephant in the room? They're not attractive. They're not good looking. They're ugly. Mm-hmm. And you do wonder if some of that isn't because they know the guy, but yeah. And again, um, this is not an indictment of him as a human. No, I think I've heard about him. He's he's a great guy. Everybody loves him. And I'm, I'm super happy for him, but dude, use some of that money you just came into and get a designer. Cause woof. Not. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say about Witches Smith. Sorry. I, I I had to get on my soapbox there for a minute, Mitch. I had to turn my mic off because I was refilling my coffee. So <laughs> figured I'd let you go for a minute here. But but no, 100%. Like, I, I think the widgets that, that come out of that, I've worked in Widgetsmith to try and make some really cool little apps or little widgets. And I've mixed results on them. But yeah, the customizability that, that's offered in that app is cool. I like the concepts and I like the abilities that it has, but you're right. Like they're not attractive. So either they're super opinionated or they're just like, he, yeah, he needs to hire a designer. Well, and that's the thing too, is you can tell he's trying really hard mm-hmm. to make them look good. Yeah. And it's just not working. Yeah. He's an engineer, not a designer. Yeah. But again, he has he has All opinions of, him for his success. Yeah, I'm very. He has opinions about mono monospace fonts, probably, but beyond that. So I do think that there's a possibility we could see theming this year from what Apple. Do mean, what do you mean by theming? So let's say you go into you go into settings, and there'll be a section on that'll be referred to as theme. Okay. Which which basically will allow you to theme the and it's only going to be the Apple icons, but perhaps there'll be a way for us to kind of go in with I mean developers will probably have the ability to to create custom icons to match those themes. But but they're going to be they're still going to be Apple approved themes. But but you'll be able to change the look and feel of the device. Maybe they'll have like the original icons. You can go back to that ugly skeuomorphic design that they did years ago. Or iOS five theme, yes. Yeah. So I mean you can you can go back and, and do some of that and maybe they'll have some really cool new ideas of what, what the the apps look like or the app icons look like and stuff like that. So you'll be able to theme your home screen to your liking. So and maybe they'll actually make a transparent widget that doesn't have to have the name underneath it. Oh, wouldn't that be glorious? One could only hope. <laughs> Although I will tell you, what what was the name of the app? ClearSpace, I think. That, that you were messing with? Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not. Let me, I don't sure think I we did. It. I think that was, you were just showing me via text. Yeah. But there's, a, there's an app called, look it up here and see if I can find it. <sighs> ridiculous so i believe it's called clear space do you have it there because i've got i'm running the beta and the beta doesn't have a name on it no i i do not have it on my phone okay so i think it's called clear space if my mem- memory serves i'll do some digging as we're talking here but what that app does is it gives you the ability to and what it essentially does is you take a screenshot of your of your home screen 
and then you can set a day view and a night view. And what it does is it creates a widget that is the same, that matches your background. So essentially the idea is that it makes it look transparent. It doesn't work perfectly. I mean, it does, it does create a transparent look to it, but first off the regular app has the name of the app underneath it, like all the other widgets do, because that's the way it works. And even though it's stupid, but, but the, they have a beta version of that app that doesn't have the name underneath it. Cause essentially what they've done, you can't put an app in the app store that has, that doesn't have a name, but the beta version of the app doesn't have a name listed. So that's, I think that's how they're hacking around that. So the name is just blank. So on the, on the home screen, uh, you just see nothing for, for the name. So that is, nice. but that it is, it is a really cool, it is really cool how he kind of got it kind of hacked around that whole, um, idea and that capability. So, and I don't know if I'm ever going to find this, but I'll, I'll dig it up as we go here and we'll follow up a little bit later on that. But, but yeah, so theming, I think is going to be a really cool, uh, concept if they can pull it off in a way that's satisfying. I think that's going to be the key. All right. Shall we move on down our list? Okay. Real-time follow-up, I guess it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the app is indeed called Clear Spaces. Very important. And when you open the app for the first time, there is a there is a text link at the bottom that says, uh, get rid of the, or something about get rid of the name under the widget by running this beta. And you just click on that and you can download the test flight beta. So... Nice. All right. Anything else you think that that we're going to see in iOS 15? I mean, they're probably going to be a new app, but I'm not sure what that would be. Maybe a new Clips app or something. (laughs) Don't get your hopes up. (laughs) I mean, nothing's coming to mind right now. I'm sure, you know, as the year rolls on. We'll have, you know, ideas or insights, but yeah, we'll see. Right now, just the theming and widget updates and stuff like that. I really hope to see more dynamic widgets. I don't know if we, if we ever will, but, but that would be a really cool thing to see where the, the widgets themselves can update more frequently. And maybe that's going to take some, some hardware updates to be able to do that. But I think that a lot, a lot of the, I, you know, I'm got the 11 pro max in my hand right now. And this thing should be powerful enough to power multiple widgets on the screen if they're doing live updating and stuff. So, yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of time that the, the, those reins will, will loosen. They're going to have to probably drop out some of the older phones out of the update to make that happen because there's probably phones in yeah. the lineup that can't do it. But yeah, and I, I yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So, all right. So this next one, I want to say with a little bit of a question mark in my voice, uh, Mac OS 12. Why the question mark? So there's a little bit of debate whether or not 
it, we're going to see macOS 12 or if it's going to be macOS 11 point whatever. Because of the history with the macOS 10, I mean, we we had macOS 10 for how long? Uh, 10, Forever. 15 years. And so it was just iterating on that number. I do agree that I think that they're going to start uh, doing a number iteration every year. So it'll be Mac. I think it'll be Mac OS 12 this year, too. But but there is some debate about that, whether or not it's going to move up to 12 or maybe it's going to be like an 11.2 or 11.3 that that then will come with. I a really, honestly, name. though, I don't really think the number matters. I'm more interested in what silly name it's going to get. Mm hmm. Yeah. There's so many names on the Mac OS you know, LA play. County. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Sequoia. I think Sequoia would be cool. I've seen some other ones that. Well, that and eventually they're going to have cool. to do it with iOS, right? Because, like, let's be honest, iOS 15 is a ridiculous name. <laughs> 15? Like, we better not get into the 20s. Yeah. It's just because then it's like, I don't know. It's just dumb at that point. Yeah. So. Either that or it just becomes, I mean, they still have the number attached to it, but it just becomes iOS and iPadOS. Exactly. You know? The new version, the yeah. new one. Because, I mean, Google does it with Google Chrome. You don't see Google Chrome 156, you know. <laughs> but the, but if you look at their documentation, it is Google Chrome like 30-something yeah. or 40 So I'm not even sure where they're at right now. But but they they do iterate their their number almost every big update so and so yeah and the only uh, reason the number points. has been important to this point is because apple's made it important you know mm -hmm. so i i look for the day when it's not the iphone 12 anymore it's the iphone you know it's it's we don't have to worry about you know I'm but it'll never be the iphone it'll just be iphone because oh, apple no. doesn't like to speak english properly Oh, no, it won't be the iPhone. It'll just be iPhone. I agree. Yes, we love iPad. I also love lamp, but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. It it drives me nuts when Apple's just like, English, not important. <sighs> <laughs> the iPads Pro. Stop it. AirPods Pro. It is AirPods. I suppose that there's know, two of them. There's two of them. Two means plural, so it gets an S. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally forgot to drop a footnote for this one, so. All right. New... What do you think we're going to see? No, let's, let's stop. What do you think, what do you think we're going to see in macOS 12? Any suggestions? I th think we're going to see a new and improved Safari. Like we do every year. <laughs> I think you and got that one be, right. It's going to be faster. It's going to be more, more private. And it's still going to show me my websites like I like it to. That's right. what I think we're going to see. I think you got West. four or five points right there. I know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm winning. We'll, we'll score that right off the top. So there's something that has been, been, I think first off, you'll probably see better integration of iPhone and iPad apps. Um, yes, with M1 or M the M series chips, and we'll talk. We'll probably talk about that here coming up in a little bit, but because we are going to talk about the Macs and stuff here. But the 
One thing that's really kind of been bugging me, and I think it's the same thing that bugs you on the iPad, is that I would love, and it's even worse on the Mac, I would love to see the the <laughs> widgets on the home screen. I would love to have widgets on my desktop. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised somebody hasn't figured out how to hack that. Because years ago, with Dashboard, somebody had an app that could pull Dashboard widgets out onto your desktop. And so for me, like, I want widgets on my desktop. They, they serve no purpose in, in, in my notifications thing, you know, yeah, unless I, somehow they could make that a static thing on the side of the page, which I would probably hate. But if we could, if I could open up the notification pane, grab a widget and pull it out onto the, the desktop and it could live on the desktop, I would be super happy with that. Yeah, I honestly forgot my Mac had widgets until just now yeah. for that very reason, because I never... I never click on the uh, menu bar to mm-hmm. open that. Yeah. I just have notifications on my Mac turned off. I, I just don't want, just leave me alone. I think but, it's a bit of a fail in Big Sur that you have, you click on the clock now to get the, the notifications open. Oh, yeah. Instead of a little there, put notification it? widget. Yeah. It turns out at some point I added widgets to this view. Completely forgot I did that. There's my baby. She's really cute. Sweet. <laughs> it's a photos widget. You know, I got to tell you, the photos widget, I take a lot of pictures at work. I do not want to see those pictures in in the photo widget. Because it's like we had a really nasty truck you know, the pallet was destroyed and all this kind of stuff. And I got to take pictures to send off. And so I take pictures on my phone. I don't need to see those pictures on my photo widget. Well, then you should delete them, Mitch. Yeah. I mean, hashtag machine learning isn't doing his job, apparently. No. Anyway, um, I don't have much, much else beyond that when it comes to macOS just clean up. I, I think this year should be, and it's probably not going to be, but it should be a year to just get a lot of the bugs and, and stuff straight so that, so that it's running nice and smoothly. Yeah. And I'm sure, like you said, uh, there'll be some optimizations for the M chips, you know, cause they'll have more, mm-hmm. they'll have more computers on Apple Silicon than they did. Yeah, when they released Big Sur, which which was zero, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, obviously there was imp- you know they made sure that Big Sur could run on those chips because they were planning them. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a mature platform, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be anything terribly shocking. It's just going to be more refinement, and I'm okay with that because I love my Macs. My MacBook Air with the M1 chip is the best computer I've ever owned, ever. I love it. It's amazing. So, yeah. yes, just refinements, please. And great. I'll be so happy with that. All right. Well, you want to move on to the Macs? The MacBook Pro 14.1 and 16.1 inch versions because that extra 10th, Mitch, very important. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're, we're all going to call them 14 and 16 inch, but... <clears throat> You know, we right. do have to be precise. So what do you think? Well, obviously Apple Silicon, right? 
Now, what's going to be interesting is is how beefy this chip is, right? Because the current Apple Silicon chips can only support two Thunderbolt slash USB-C ports. The 16-inch MacBook Pro has four currently. So we're obviously going to see a new chip because I highly, highly doubt they're going to ship this 16-inch without four ports. Because that's a step in the wrong direction, and people are going to riot over that, especially because they charge an absolute premium for the 16-inch machine. So I'm interested to see battery life, power, efficiency, all of those metrics for the, you know, the 1X, the 2, you know, who cares what they name it? The chip that can power the more powerful machine. Because what the M1 can do is ridiculous, and we've talked about this in the past, so we don't Mm -hmm. need to go through all of that. What in the world is this next chip going to do? Because, you know, we said before, the M1 chip that's in my MacBook Air, that is the the cheapest, slowest, least powerful machine Apple's going to release in the next forever, right? And it's amazing. So what are these new MacBook Pros going to be capable of? And it's honestly, it's very exciting. I'm not going to pay for one. One, because I have a brand new computer. Two, because it's going to be insane. Three, because I don't have that kind of money, right? But holy crap, is it going to be fun to look at that spec sheet and go to the Apple Store when we can go to the Apple Store again and play with one? Yeah. And they're going to have it at least have to give us uh, four. Oh, no, no. I I fully expect expect this rev of the MacBook Pro – to be what's what's the uh, word? The workhorse machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've given us the low end MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air already, so there's absolutely no reason these this next version of the MacBook Pro isn't the beast that we're you know expecting it to be. Yeah, the one thing that really concerns me about going back to the iMac is that the iMac's going to lose a bunch of ports with the M series chips. Well, I that yeah. Because the the Mac Mini did lose a bunch of ports when they released it, but they also released it with this base chip. So I'm assuming if they're going to do the iMac, they're going to give it a chip that can handle more I.O. because it is a desktop. Mm-hmm. Or if we're, you know, the other possibility is Dongle Town, right? Which is not fun, but... So especially with a, with a desktop computer, you know, I I know... You know, Apple looks at it and says, well, you know, it's it's not moving anywhere, so you can put a, a hub on it. You know, I mean, that's probably how they would sell that if they decide to take your USB-A ports away and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But quite honestly, it looks junky. Yeah. You know, for me, I want a nice, clean desk. You know, I if you looked at my desk right now, you might argue with that. But, <laughs> um, but I want a nice, clean, minimal in quotes, look on my desk. I don't want a bunch of clutter. I don't want cords going everywhere. That's why I spend so much time with cable management. When I built my desk here, I built it with a, with a shelf underneath it that could, you could just, it's just a big trough that all Mm -hmm. the cables just lay in this trough, you know, so that I don't have to worry about where all, where all the cables going and how they're, how are they being attached to this and that and the other thing to try and keep it all clean. They just go in this trough and I don't have, they're out of my way and I don't have to worry about them. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal to me to make sure that number one, it's easy because a lot of the cable management options that they put out there are great when you first put them in, but then when you go to try and pull a cable out, 
you can't get it out because you've done a great job of cable management, but now you can't use it. <laughs> so now I got to put that lightning cable back where it was because I was just pulling on one. But so it has to be functional as well. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm sorry, go back to the MacBook Pro. I, I think you're right. I think this is going to be a screaming chip. And if you ask me, I think that it's going to be an M1X in the MacBook Pros and an M1Z in the iMacs. That's my prediction for for naming. All right, write it down. Write it down. We got to have right, this. I'll get that, get have, that in our document here. Yeah, we got to have proof so that we can make fun of each other when we're wrong later. Correct. <laughs> or, or, you know, exalt each other when we're right. Yep. Correct. <laughs> Anything else about the MacBook Pros? You think they're going to uh, redesign this year? Probably not. I don't I mean, think so. I don't think so either, right? They got the computer, the, the keyboard fixed. They look pretty. It just put an absolute monster chip in it and make your money, Apple. Yeah. And I think with the iMac, we're going to see a probably a 21 or a 24-inch, something in there. I don't think we'll see the 27-inch get rubbed this year. That's another prediction. Not a prediction, Mitch. It's a spoiler. <laughs> All right. I won't make that <laughs> joke. All right. iPhone 13. Yeah, new iPhone. Woohoo. This is going out on a limb again, too. I know, right? So here's my prediction it'll have mm-hmm. a better camera. You know, I saw something in a, and it might have even been Mac rumors saying that they didn't think they would rev the cameras this year, which that would be. That's a bold statement. That is a bold statement. Well, I'll go out on a limb and say they will. Okay. Take that, Mac rumors. How about they'll rev the software, but not the hardware? No. <laughs> like you know and i'm in line for a new iphone because i have the 11 right and my two-year deal will be up or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i'm I just I, I i don't care anymore mm-hmm. like they're really good okay great i like unless i like, i don't even know what they would have to do to get me excited about a new phone Because, like, they're really good, and they've been really good for a long time. So let's just keep making them really good, and I'll be fine. Yep. I don't get the hype every year. Yeah, and I when we bought when we bought the 11s, I did kind of make the comment to my wife, and I'm not holding myself to this, but, you know, if there's nothing super fancy or earth-shattering about the 13 why why do i update yeah you know 5g is not going to do it for me (laughs) 5g 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 stop 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 it (laughs) (sighs) that meme is so ridiculous 5g Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay i'm done i promise all right no you're not (laughs) (laughs) no really i'm good i'm good all right so, so I think, you know, the 13, you know, 
I'll probably end up upgrading because uh, we do every two years. But what I'm interested in is where I'm going to be sitting on size because like I'm a, I'm a max user right now. And I don't know if I need a phone this big, you know, for one, I like using my phones one handed. Now I've got big hands. So the closer I, we move them to the, the camera, they look bigger, but <laughs> so I got big hands. So this, this phone, you know, fits my hand really well. But the problem is, is like one thing I really liked about the smaller phones is the re like you could reach things with your thumb instead of having to use two hands or sit there and do the jockey, the phone in your hand to get up to the front, the top of it and then jockey it back down. And you could use just, reachability mix. I could, but that doesn't really solve the problem very well. I do love your, your idea of getting the icons down further on the screen, which I yes. have taken advantage of that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's a hack, I do though, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where I put my widgets. I put my, my widgets on the top. Mm -hmm. So that I have the icons and stuff that I need to interact with at the bottom. So, it's a it's a pro move. Mm -hmm. It's it's nice. Hey, did you see what's on the front front uh, page of my iPhone down in the corner there? I changed I the color it. of the icon, but I can't. Read. You you mentioned good task to me yesterday. It's on the uh, front yes. page of my. Oh. Well, we maybe we'll talk about that later, but yeah. Oh, we uh, will. We will, Mitch. We will talk about okay, it later. Let's talk about that later. All right. So no real strong predictions on the on the iPhone 13 other than we're going to have one. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. We'll right. have a new iPhone. Excellent. We can agree on that. The iPhone SE Plus. Okay. Isn't this just the iPhone? Isn't Because the SE is a smaller version. So isn't the SE Plus just the iPhone? I'm so confused here. So first off, the rumor is now that that's not happening. So we're not getting a new iPhone. We're not getting okay. a new iPhone SE Plus. <laughs> but no, it's going to be the iPhone SE Max. No, I'm kidding. My understanding of this was that it was supposed to be a bigger version of the iPhone SE, which, okay, if it's important to have a big phone with a fingerprint reader on it. Okay. And, I mean, yeah. if you think of like the form factor of like an iPhone, like six plus maybe, or six S plus, mm -hmm. or maybe, maybe better uh, to say an eight plus is probably the most recent one, but in that form factor, eh, okay, maybe, but it's definitely going to be a niche market. I don't, I don't think you're going to sell a lot of them which is probably why the rumor is now that's not going to happen. So well, that's good because SE plus is just dumb. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, so we can move on to the, Apple yeah, watch. I have nothing else to say about that. The watch series seven and SE two. Okay, cool. It's a new year. You're going to put new hardware out. We get it. There was, you know, they've made, pretty big strides in the past couple of years with the watches, you know, always on screen, better battery life. You can, you know, ECG and blood oxygen. So I imagine this new watch will be able to do more things in the health arena. I'm good. I got a series six. I'm going to wear that sucker until the screen pops off. Like my series zero did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I will just play a lot less air drums when I have my watch on so I can prolong yeah. that inevitability. So I will probably look at upgrading this year. I've got a I've got a series four. Ah. And three years is around my upgrade time and my Oh, why am why is this my Apple Care Plus on my watch? And the that term ends up ends in April. And I've got significant scratches on the face of this watch. Mm-hmm. So really what I want, and I thought about doing with this with a six, but just for money reasons, I haven't haven't upgraded. But this this watch still works really nice. Mm-hmm. But it'd be really nice to have a watch for work that I can beat up and a watch for every other time of my life that I'm not beating the crap out of my watch so that, so that I don't have to feel about, feel bad about this one getting scratched up and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that the screen breaks or something happens to it before April. So I can just trade it in for a different one, but we'll see what happens. So I really thought there's a couple of scratches on here that are so deep that I thought, shoot, I bet you if I took this in, these might actually be cracks, not scratches, but (laughs) It's hard to tell, so I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I do find the possibility of a round Apple Watch interesting. Yes. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of display differences, and there may be there may be an argument for there being a square and a round watch at the same time. But to me, watches should be round. It's just my opinion. Yeah, and honestly, you know, with the release of the SE, I'm kind of surprised they didn't make that one round. Yeah, obviously that puts a mm-hmm. burden on developers because they have to, you know, create two versions of their watch apps. This um, is true. And, and you change, you know, all those corner widgets go away. Mm-hmm. So you'd only have the the internal widgets, which is, or complications, sorry. Complications, um, got it. You're doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> I've infected uh, you. But man, yeah, a round one would be, you know, look like a normal watch instead of a Airstream trailer. Mm-hmm. I could imagine a watch that would still have something around the outside edges, but it would have to be round. It couldn't, you know, you couldn't have, you couldn't have like the the little icon in the corner. It would have to be moved in. So I could still imagine the infograph face being able to be used on something like that it just would change it would have to change the way it works mm-hmm. or better yet there would be space in between <laughs> good grief <clears throat> all right i'm just gonna bow out of that one because now i'm really shoving crap into the fa- the watch face but but you know what you got the round dots in the middle there's space in the in between them gosh that would look terrible never mind <laughs> i should have thought before i mentioned that All All good. So I think, I think this, the series seven, not uh, discounting the fact that it is the perfect number, I think is, should be fun. Should be interesting. So I think it'd be a good year to upgrade this year for me, at least. Yeah, we'll see. And, and like, I didn't mean to be so flippant earlier, but like, I mean, the watch does really cool stuff and I expect it to do cooler stuff, but. Like I said, I have a six. I'm good, man. I'm going to wear this thing till it breaks. Mm-hmm. 
So talk about this next one, air tags. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, nobody's going anywhere right now. <laughs> you think that's why they didn't release it in 2020? That's that's the rumor, but there that's, that's the funny. what people have posited is that nobody's really going out and doing that much right now, so the market's really not there for it. Oh, I hadn't even considered that. That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Uh, this is where you and I listening to different podcasts helps because that's all I've heard about. Oh this. yeah, no, I hadn't even heard that, and it makes a bunch of sense. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's going anywhere. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. And I really honestly, same I, here. this is a product I don't care about at all. You know, John Prosser put out some renders of it this last week. I, man, I don't buy it. The renders had way too much writing on the on the backside of it to be an Apple product, unless it's, you know, and they talked about this a little bit, I think on MacBreak Weekly this last week. But it just, there's, it doesn't look like an Apple product. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, what I expect is a little white puck that's got an Apple logo on the top and that's it. Maybe a charging port on the side. If it's a, there, if it has a rechargeable battery, you know, it's going to say made in California somewhere. Oh no, it'll say, you know, designed in California, made in China, but yeah. I just, it's, I don't, it's a product I, I literally could not care less about. So that's my take on the air tags. Yeah. If they come out I'd, in 2021, great. There's don't not care. a lot that that Apple puts out that I look at and go, man, I don't even want that. I don't even care. I mean, there's things that I want that Apple has that I'm just never going to buy because they're way too expensive. Mac mm-hmm. Pro being one of them, because I think that would be a really cool device to have. But no, I can't can't justify that expense. But but AirTags, I mean, they could put them out for 50 bucks and man, you know, somebody gives me a $50 Apple card and I got nothing else to spend it on. Hmm. Yeah, I'll probably get a, another band for my watch. <laughs> I need to get a new band for my watch because I got the white one because it mm-hmm. looks the white band with the black watch face looks extra crisp. It's turning blue from my jeans. So that's not cool. You know where it's at. Nike Plus. Desert Sand and Black. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't you haven't looked at that one. No. That seems well, like the your color just, They're so expensive. It's like it's now, this one was fifty bucks. Yeah. So. I'll probably just get a black one and just go black on black. But yeah. all right. New, New Apple TV. Apple television. Are we talking about the television here or just the Apple TV? Oh, no. the t- I just was... T- okay, TV, I was going to say. TV stands for television, Mitch. I don't know if anyone's told you this before. I realized that, but the way you said it, I was like... <laughs> no, it's just like when people... You're not talking about like, the television set that there was rumored years ago. But It's like when people call it the Macintosh Book Air, just to be stupid and pedantic. And it makes me chuckle every time. So I like to do this that. The Apple television set-top box. Yeah. There's a new one. I don't... I'm like... I really, I'm being super negative this whole back half of this list, but like, mm-hmm. I have the 4K one because I have a 4K TV, and I realize that not everything on the Apple TV 4K is 4K. I know, I get it. 
But the stuff that is looks amazing on my TV. I don't need a new TV. I've had this TV for two years-ish, and I won't buy a new one until it blows up. I have an Apple TV that plays 4K media, one available. What, what is the new one going to offer me? I don't use anywhere near the storage that's on this device because I'm not playing games on it because I have other ways to play better video games on better machines that handle it better with better controllers. Everything is streamed. I do own about 15 movies that are, you know, in my Apple TV library. But again, I'm using 10% of my storage capacity on this, on this device. What, what does a new Apple TV set top box offer me? that I don't already have and that I actually need. I don't need, no one needs 4K. Uh, new remote. What's wrong with the current remote? A better remote. What's wrong with the remote? I, it, I don't, the remote doesn't bother me. It's fine. Okay. I realize I'm in the minority there. Hi, card-carrying member of the minority of the folks that don't hate the Apple TV remote. It's fine. So, so I'm I'm going to be honest here. I hear Please about people, do. people dissing on the remote all the time. I don't find it that offensive, but I do understand when, when it's sitting on the couch and you reach over and your finger swipes on it a little bit and it rewinds the video or it uh, selects something that you didn't want to select, you do have to be careful with it and you do have to put it somewhere where it's not going to get not going to get bumped or whatever but but you know the problems that some people have with them i don't have i i haven't ever had it sitting on the couch next to me and swipe across it and end up rewinding with the video i was watching but i have heard people say that they've done that before but i don't like the way it works for skipping ahead or behind where you have to put your thumb off the one edge that does not work consistently for me. That okay, uh, that that is a legitimate grief. I can agree. I would with you love there. to have a hardware button for that. And well, and I also find that depending on what app you're using, you have mm-hmm. greater or less success with that. Yeah, and I I practically live in the Hulu app. And granted, the Hulu app could be a little bit more user-friendly for some of this stuff, but it has gotten better since the first iteration of, of this version of the Hulu app. But it's really easy when you're when you're swiping around on that that little pad mm-hmm. to over-swipe. You know, it it's not super intuitive that way. I think um, using the app on the phone is a little bit easier, but it's not super easy to kind of get that precision sometimes because it, you'll you'll start on one menu option and you want to sweep over two menu options, but you'll sweep three menu options over instead. And then you got to try and back up and then you back up two instead of, instead of one. <laughs> and, you know, and that happens to me on a regular basis. You have to understand I got big hands, so it's really easy for me to like swipe a little bit too far one way or the other. So to have a hardware button. And actually, I don't know if you've done this or know that you can do this, but you can tap on the the remote to move around too. So sometimes I'll do that for precision reasons. 
So if I move over one too many, I'll just tap on the other side of the remote and it'll pop pop over one. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I discovered that one day and, you know, being a guy that has difficulty with this, I, you know, started using that. So but I like hardware buttons. The 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 little touchpad is a nice innovation, but practically it, it's a little bit difficult to use. I also think that there's a room for Apple to offer their own controller so that you're not, you know, you're not using, I mean, maybe it's just a money grab for them, but, but they would have a controller, like a gaming set that you could buy for the Apple TV. I know that gaming is not a big thing on the Apple TV, but if they really wanted to do this, you know, they were talking on one of the podcasts I was listening to the other day about if they tried to sell the Apple TV as a console uh, gaming system Mm -hmm. and what that would look like. And what I find interesting about that is, number one, they would have to have some kind of service or something like that that would offer AAA titles. And being that they're not they're not interested in Google Stadia or you know some of those other uh, streaming services, and with the possibility of maybe that's a mo- area that they want to move into themselves, then because I could see them doing streaming that way, like streaming games instead of loading the games directly onto the device, and then they then they have a little bit more ability to have some of these larger AAA titles and they don't need like a two terabyte drive on the Apple TV to do that. Yeah. So I think that could be a big revolution they could make in the Apple TV, whether we'll see it or not. I don't know, probably not, but, but you can bring your own, you can bring your own controller to it or Apple offers a controller that you could purchase to go with it. We'll see. It'll be nice for them and Epic to get over themselves so that we can play Fortnite again on Apple devices. Yeah, good luck with that. So I've been playing on the Switch, having a lot of fun, but I I hit level 84 this last week in the the new season. Oh, look at you. I'm almost there. I'm almost to 100. I'm only at like 47. Slacking over here. Yeah, it's all right. You want to move on to the iPad mini? I do, because I actually find the iPad mini very in- intriguing. The fact that it's like gotten some love recently and in theory will get more love in the future is encouraging. There are a lot of people that own these just to like use as like reading devices, which I think is hysterical that you're paying multiple hundreds of dollars just to have something you read on. But that's their choice and their money and they get to do what they want. But I do find the mini intriguing because it it kind of stands alone in the iPad line as far as like it's just so itty bitty and there's something really appealing about that. I don't own one, but I would like to because of its itty bittiness. And I don't have a Max phone, so it's not like they're, you know, competing for, you know, the same real estate. But there's just, for whatever reason, the compact nature of the Mini is intriguing to me. And I can't really say why, which I realize is not great for podcasting. But there's, 
there's something about the smaller form factor that is appealing to me. And if the app, if the iPad mini six gets Apple pencil two support, you know, that goes with the pro that'd be a big selling point for it. But yeah, I don't know. I wish I could say more. I'm just, I'm happy that it's still around and I'm happy that it's getting, that it got revved and it's going to in theory get revved again this year. So I'm interested to see if they make it like if they add face ID and ditch the home button, you know, and make it a mini iPad pro or iPad air, you know, or if they keep it with, you know, the touch ID and, you know, the chin and the forehead and all that sort of stuff. So we'll see design wise what they choose to do, but I'm just glad it's a product and it exists because I think it serves a lot of, I think it serves a role in the line. And it's nice that if you want an iPad, you can get a small one if you want. Look, I could be positive, Mitch. Mm-hmm. Who knew? You can. I'm going to be negative here. I don't think they're going to get an update this year. Ah. I think that's that's one of those that I think they're only going to rev that every couple of years, every two, three years, maybe. I don't think it's a big enough seller for them to put that much work into it. So see what happens. But we that's my know. prediction for the for this year. Man, such a downer, Mitch. No, it's just, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. <laughs> just, a, just a thing. So just just a thing. Just a thing. All right. Talk about AirPods Pro. Two. AirPods Pro 2. What's to say? <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, what well, you can yeah. buy them with or without wireless charging cases. The stems can you buy are them without? Already... Yeah, I, I don't mine think you... don't. I'm pretty sure because mine don't charge wirelessly. I don't think you can buy them without wireless charging. Uh, let's ask the internet. All right. Do AirPods Pro charge wirelessly? The case that comes. Oh, I guess mine do charge wirelessly. I thought there was two different versions. The regular AirPods had two different versions. I think going forward, they're all going to have the wireless in them. But the AirPods Pro, I think, I don't think there has ever been a version that didn't have wireless charging in the case. Well, today I learned. All right. All right. Great. So anyways, as I was saying, my AirPods Pro charge wirelessly, and it's great. And, I mean, the stems are already super short. You know what I would love the AirPods Pro to do, Mitch? Hmm. Not have a stupid physical button. Let me tap on them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been great uh, doing this show with you, Cam. (laughs) (sighs) Um. No, we're just going to have to disagree or agree to disagree on that one. That's fine. So, Just like the AirPods Max. We'll just have to agree to disagree. So, Who knew that it was going to be headphones that we would disagree about so much? I really like the AirPods Max. You really hate them. It's all right. This is, this is true. I'm over it. So I think, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with the AirPods Max. I don't think we'll see an update this year, but I think there's a lot of stuff that they left out of this iteration that will be in future ones. 
because I think that they needed to get this shipped. And I, yeah, I think, I think the, the later versions of this, these headphones are going to be much better than the ones that are currently available. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a, it's a version one, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's going to get better. I think AirPods Pro too, though, like because of this, this, the size of them, like we're running mm-hmm. into the laws of physics at this point. There's only so much you can do. There's only like sound works the way sound works. Yeah. Cause it's sound, right? And mm-hmm. small speakers will never sound as good as larger speakers because physics. But I think that, you know, AirPods Pro 2, like there's going to be software advancements that, where they can sort of fake stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We've already got the spatial audio and the, and the auto switching between devices and that sort of stuff. But I'm interested to see less what they do with the the physical design of the AirPods Pro 2 and more what they do with the software capabilities and that, you know, quote unquote, magic that they can pull off. So I am interested from that perspective, because that means, you know, like they're just pushing stuff forward and what they can do and what they can fake and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So from that, from that aspect or that perspective, I'm excited to see what they can do with itty bitty, tiny little headphones because, you know, new new and uh new technology is always exciting yeah i think we'll i think we'll see some of the the d- differentiating features of the the airpods max come over to the airpods pro which i think the big the big one is the uh the audio the the way they're processing the audio and such mm-hmm. so and the word the the name they use for that is escaping me right now so But, well, I can't. I don't. I can't help you out there because I know it's Air, just the AirPods Max are done. There. And I don't pay attention to them. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you're so annoyed with me, and I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we do have a quick little second topic on the show today, and I I want to. I'm going to throw it, throw this in here. You suggested a good task to me. You know, you're, you're a pretty big OmniFocus user or have been, right? Yeah. So I'm a huge OmniFocus user. I pretty much run my life through OmniFocus. And at some point we'll, we'll have the discussion with, uh, with just like how, how I work my workflow in OmniFocus, my general, you know, I think we can talk productivity on, on one of the episodes on it. I don't like making the show about it, but we can, we can talk about it at some point and how, and just like my philosophy and your philosophy through how we get things done, but that's another show. But I think we mentioned this right now because I'd like to take a little bit more time on a future episode to talk about task managers and stuff like that. But, but you introduced me to good task. Actually, yesterday I downloaded it and have been putting stuff into it and and trying to kind of see like how would my workflow work if I used Good Task instead of OmniFocus. And my initial reaction, and I'll let you let you kind of give me your 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 thoughts on this too. But I'll tell you my well, you do you want to like at least cover what what's different about uh, Good Task before I talk before I give you my first impressions of it. Let's yeah, so Good Task is an app that is built on top of Apple's reminders. So it uses, you know, the APIs and everything to build itself on top of 
reminders. So anything that you put into good task will also show up in Apple's reminders app on lists. But what good task does is it adds a, a bunch of capability and functionality that you do not get in reminders. So you can make smart lists, you can add tags, you can do all sorts. And then with those tags, you can filter by those, whether through a smart list or through a search, it has thing, quick actions, which you can program yourself to allow you to like, I hit one button and it automatically pushes uh, a task three days in the future and sets the due date for 4 p.m. Or I can, you know, hit another button and it asks me, how many days would you like to push this event? Or I can set it due today, or I can set it due tomorrow, or I can uh, remove tags all by clicking these one button. So it gives you the programmatic ability to build quick actions that work for you based on what you usually do. So instead of hitting four buttons, you can hit one button and it does a task for you. And, it, and then with the smart lists, you can filter those. It's just like perspectives and omnifocus is essentially what a smart list is. And it gives you the, the ability to to create smart lists based on a number of criteria that will pull different tasks based on how, whatever you want them to be. So like you can set a, a smart list to be today and overdue. So anything that has a due date in the past or today shows up on this list, or you can have a smart list. This anything that's tagged with these two tags, but also doesn't have this third tag. And we'll show you that list. So it's it's really, really powerful. But because it's built on Apple's Reminders app, you get native integration with Siri, which is great because I can just say, hey, and in my case, Siri is an Australian guy. So I can say, hey, mate, put this on my groceries list. And then he does. But then you also get the location ability of Reminders, which can... Re remind you when I leave here or when I show up here, remind me to do this. And you also get the, the integration of messages. So when I like say, I want to, I need to tell Mitch about this one thing when we're texting, it'll pop up and say, Hey, remember you're supposed to ask Mitch about this. So you get, you get the native uh, functionality of Apple's reminders in a better version of the app with good tasks that gives you a whole lot of power and functionality. That's my take. All right. So I'll give you my first impressions of it. And quite honestly, like, I like the concept of this app. I was poking around in this yesterday. And so the part of the way that I use OmniFocus is I have templates set up, mm -hmm. which one of the cool things I like about a good task is that you can build templates and just click one button and they just load right in for that day with mm -hmm. all the times that you like all the due times that you want like you pre-program into those it's just boom it's like that it's it's there instead of what what i normally end up doing is going into omnifocus and copy and pasting from yeah, yeah. from one of my inactive lists into an active, excuse me, into an active a list that I have, because I kind of have my, I have home templates and I have work templates so that I have like an inactive space and an active space for the different things that I, that I have in there so that I don't have to retype all of these all the time. But OmniFocus does not allow me to put due times in for them so that all I got to do is pick it up and put it down and the due times are all active for that day, which is what good task does. So yeah, I, I struggle a little bit with, with 
switching away from OmniFocus for some other reasons, but that is a cool thing that Good Task does. And if OmniFocus did that that way, game changer, because that that would that would solve so many of my issues. Because I went through and I put in a template for like when we do truck unloads at work, there's probably 12 different things that I need to do um, to get ready for the truck and then finish the truck. And I have all these things listed in OmniFocus in the in a particular template that I've built. So what I did is I took that and I transferred it over into Good Task, and I was able to put due times on everything. So like at nine o'clock, I know that I got to make sure that the the truck is scanned into the system. At uh, six forty five, I have to make sure that the 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 truck is ready to be unloaded because the team gets there at seven to unload the truck, you know, and I can work backwards, but, but making sure that the receiving area is clear and ready to go at like four twenty-five because I take my lunch at four thirty, And then at five o'clock I come back and I set, set up for the truck. So I have all these little time things that I do. Well, in OmniFocus, I have to set those times every time I copy and paste into frustrating into that spot. Yeah. With good task, I create a template and it allows me to put in this day at this time. But it but the day is literally says this day. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the template and select the template to load into good task, it sets all those due times for that day. And so like yesterday was Friday. I went in and I set that template up and then I selected the template from the list of templates to add to my things to do list. Mm-hmm. And it automatically said, okay, Friday at four twenty-five, you have to have receiving clear. And so like it, it just set everything up like, like that really nice. So really love that. The customizability in this app is really nice. I am getting old and my eyes aren't the way they used to be. No joke. I think this year is going to be the year of the bifocal. So <laughs> it's getting bad. Like when that little text is, yes, is that well really Chinese zodiac sign, year of the bifocal. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I went into the app settings and right there was an, was an app setting to increase the size of the font. Now I don't want system fonts changed. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice that it's in the app. So I don't have to go into because I'm not going to blow up the size of the the fonts in messages. Like I, I go on, I, my mom will give me her phone to work on because she's got the, she's got the, it's like you're getting yelled at by every text message you see. <laughs> it is. It's huge. <laughs> so I don't want that, but cause I don't need that yet. But, but in this app, I mean, you've, you've seen it. The type is really tiny in default. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I, and I made the type larger and, you know, it works great. Probably could even make it a little bit smaller than it is, but, but I really like that. One issue I have here, it comes. I put, I put in some re- repeating tasks. So uh-huh. every day that I'm at work, there are certain tasks that I have to complete. So I, I go in and I set up these repeating tasks to load in automatically so that I do not have to do anything. They're just in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I can go in to a smart list that I created called Today at Work. 
there's nothing in there like there should be because today I'm not working. Uh-huh. But when I pull out into the list, do you notice that there's a number after that? It says I have four tasks and I haven't put all my tasks in, but there's four tasks that I have to complete for work. Uh-huh. <sighs> <laughs> It moved. So what it did is I, is I put these tasks in yesterday Uh and I completed them yesterday. So they moved to Monday, which is what I want them to do. Yeah. But I don't want to know that there's anything that needs to be done on Monday. All I care about is today. You are an OmniFocus user, Mitch. So OmniFocus gives me the ability to defer tasks. This does not. I can't figure out how to defer a task in this app so that I don't have to see it today. It's such a picky thing. I understand, but that drives me crazy that it says there are four things I need to do. If I go into all lists, no, it's not in there. It just shows me my calendar events for today. But if I go into the today at work and then i open up the list boom there they are for monday and i don't want to see that i realize that i don't have to see the tasks themselves in that list but the numbers there and it bugs me so that's funny i'm willing to give this a try and see if i can find workarounds for some of this stuff but it it is it is a little bit maddening to see that number there. And if I build out this, if I build out this the way that I have OmniFocus built out right now, there are things that I do on Monday. There are more, more stuff that I would need to put in for Monday because I I have a bunch of paperwork that I have to do when I come in on Monday. And so I put that in there. Well, it's, I only do that on Monday. So it would just be a weekly task. That number from what I understand, that number is going to be there all the time. So I'm going to sh- always show that I've got like 13 tasks that need to be completed, even though it's not in my today at work list because I'm looking at just today. Yeah. So that's where, like, that's my problem. Now, I'll tell you why I'm even considering switching to a different app for for my tasks because this looked really cool and I really love that it's on the backbone of reminders, uh-huh. but it, cause that way, you know, my wife and I share a, a list and reminders that we've never really used for anything. So I think it'd be cool for her to be able to put in, Hey, you know, go buy milk. And so then I can look at that and she'll have to text me and let me know, but, but, but she can, you know, that'll be in my list and I can go in there and get that done. We use location reminders. That's true. No. And set it for the grocery store. And when you show up to the grocery store, all your lists, all your grocery items show up. Yeah. But, but my work tasks are still in there. And that, oh, by the way, the other thing is, have you ever noticed that if you go, you go into landscape mode and then you go back to portrait mode, it took you into a list. Oh no, that's a weird bug though. So, yeah. So I'm looking at all of my lists there. Uh-huh. And then I turn it to the side to put it into landscape mode. So now I have a sidebar yeah, with and, the list open and the on task the right, list. Yeah. And, and then, then when I back. stand it back up, I'm in the task list. Yeah, that's weird. That's dumb. So, yeah, that is that is dumb. 
So that that was annoying me yesterday when I was working on it because every time I tipped my phone a little bit, it took me out of where I was. I think the main reason why I was looking looking at new apps is I'm looking to cut my my budget down a little bit. And mm-hmm. this and good task is significantly cheaper than OmniFocus. Because I'm paying yeah, it's, a, it's a one-time purchase, there's no subscriptions, which I yep. like. Yep. So I'm paying ten dollars a month right now for OmniFocus. So where it would be ten dollars and done if I had good task. Mm-hmm. Or or they do give you the option to do like a ninety nine nine ninety nine a year, you know, if you really like the app and you want to support its development. But well, that's a lot cheaper than ten bucks a month. It is a lot cheaper, but man, I don't know if I can get over seeing that number of things that needs to be done every day. <laughs> I'll tell you so, what. <clears throat> here's here's what I'm willing to do. Mm. I'm willing to use this for the fourteen day trial. And on the next episode, we'll talk about it and see if I plunk down 10 bucks for good task or if I stayed on OmniFocus. Man, that is a cliffhanger, Mitch. And I'm excited to see what happens. Tune in, tune in next time to find out if I stayed with good task. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Well, the show is running a little long today, but I do want to get in our uh, things that we're delighted about. So do you have something for today? Oh, things I'm delighted about. What delights uh, you today, Cam? What delights me today? Today I am delighted uh by music. I like please, music. Mitch. Please elaborate. It it makes me happy. I enjoys it. A nice guitar solo, some loud drums, some beautiful singing. No bands or genres in particular. Just music in general makes me a happy, happy cam and a happy cam is a better cam. So I, I've just, I've been appreciating just sitting and listening to music more recently and just enjoying the beauty of it. And, you know, I've been listening to all sorts of music, anything from like hard rock to gospel to acoustic to pop music, like genres galore, but just the enjoyment I, I personally receive from music and, you know, from playing it or just listening, just it, it, it fills a very significant part of my life and I enjoy it very much. And I think you should too. I know that's very like wishy-washy and broad, but like, Mm. that's where I'm at right now, man. Music is awesome and I love it. And I'm glad it's a thing. And I'm glad that there's all sorts of different kinds and that I can discover new music Anytime I want, whether through Apple Music or YouTube or like, like there's just always something different to try and to learn about. And it makes me happy. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I've, I have loved the journey that I've taken. Now, see, I put together a playlist for when we unload the trucks at work. I think I've talked about that on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. And I basically, I went back you know, into the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and created a playlist that that spanned the generations. Because, you know, I've got I've got people that work with us that are, you know, varied group of of people as far as the musical interests that they have. Uh And and so 
<clears throat> I wanted it to be a very diverse playlist, which was hilarious last night because Rage Against the Machine was playing. And right after that, what came on? Uh, I Want Candy <laughs> <laughs> from, was it Bow Wow Wow or something like that? Oh my goodness. But, but it, it, you get little things like that. I think I've got a polka song in there too, which is hilarious. Of course but, you do. But, uh, but there's like 200 some songs on this playlist. Well, it's been really interesting to go back and rediscover some of the music that, that I heard when I was younger. My parents weren't real thrilled with me listening to a lot of the mainstream music out there. Even some of the Christian music I listened to, she was a little bit like, eh, what's this? And maybe you shouldn't listen to that. But what's a Petra? Because that doesn't sound okay. <laughs> they never really had issues with Petra. Actually, that was my first uh, concert that I went to. I think we've talked about that before. though. But, but you know, there's a, have you ever seen the band Savior Machine? I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay. So Gothic Rock Opera is how they're classified. And that was the only band my, my mom says to this day was the only band that she looked at and she's like, I don't want you listening to that. (laughs) It, and it's a way they looked like he, they were very much like on the performance art thing, Uh but uh, it was, it was interesting. You have to look them up, but, but yeah, it's been really cool to rediscover a lot of the the music from the nineties, especially because I really enjoyed your Nirvana's, your Stone Temple Pilots, some of the Raging Against the Machine stuff that I haven't heard in a decade or better. Mm-hmm. It was kind of kind of interesting to go back and revisit because I didn't realize how cussy they were back in the day. So that was, you know, now that I have some of my more adult sensitivities to me, it's been kind of interesting to go back and listen to some of that stuff. But mm-hmm. but some of the stuff that I really appreciate now so much more than I did back then, it, it it's interesting. It's been an interesting journey. So definitely I'm with you on music. So mine's going to be a little bit more specific. And because we do have a uh, have a history of talking about alcohol on the show. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to spend my Christmas money on this year. So I have, there's something that I've really wanted to try alcohol wise for years. Oh boy. I know where this is going. I really, I really like the taste of like licorice and anise and, and just your, that, that flavor. I really Uh enjoy that. I'll even get like the anise candies and stuff because it's it's just, I like that flavor a lot. So I've done Jägermeister before and And, and it's okay. Like it's not great, but, but somebody said, you know, somebody I was talking to said, you should really try absinthe sometime. And of course on a spiritual journey here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This does not have wormwood in it. So, oh, okay. So this is more of an Americanized absinthe. I do kind of, I'm going to admit to wanting to try the, the legit like wormwood absinthe sometime just for the pass. Hard yeah. pass, but you we'll do you, Mitch. <laughs> but this is a this is a, a grain spirit, and it's infused with with well, it's got the wheat, but it's infused with lavender, uh, lemongrass, and angelica. So what did she do? I don't know what she did to deserve that, but but it's made from a local a local winery that just started getting into a lot of distilling over the last few years. Wallersheim in Wisconsin here. Most of your most of your folks know in this area know the know the name Wallersheim because they're they're okay. huge up here. But they got into distilling and they distill what they call a dance hall absinthe blanc. So it's a it's clear, 
Yeah, I got that and, from the block, but what makes it a dance yeah, hall? I don't know. It's just what they call it. So there's a couple of things I really like about this stuff. First off, I learned the first night I had it, you don't drink it straight. <laughs> this stuff, if you can t- if you can imagine Jägermeister, cut the flavor in half and double the alcohol. Yikes. And that's what I'm holding in my hand right here. This stuff ha- is uh, um, 108 proof. Oh, 54% alcohol in it. So you don't drink this straight. But there is a ritual. If you if you ever look up in absinthe, there's a ritual to drinking absinthe. So I don't have any of the stuff I need for this, so I kind of fake it. But but if you do the ritual properly, you have a spoon that is that has holes in it. Usually it's a real decorative spoon or something like yeah. that. You put a cube of sugar on top of that. You fill the bottle. If you have an absinthe glass, there is a small, a small little cup in the bottom of the cup that you put the absinthe in. And then the rest of the cup, you're to fill up with water. So what you start by doing is you put the spoon on top of the cup. Once you have the absinthe in there. Yeah. And you put just a little bit of water on the, the sugar cube and that kind of breaks down the sugar cube a little bit. And then that starts kind of falling through some of the holes and then you slowly pour the water over the top of that, over the top of what's left of that sugar cube and slowly infuse that sugar into the water. It's kind of an interesting process. And, and, but let me tell you, when you get done doing that, this stuff is amazing. <laughs> stuff tastes so good. It's just the right amount of licorice flavor. And the alcohol is, is cut enough that it, that you don't get like that strong alcohol flavor anymore. I mean, have you ever done like a shot of apple cider vinegar? No. Okay. So they talk about that for, for people that have issues with acid reflux and stuff like that, that if you take a shot of apple, apple cider vinegar, Uh you, you can, you can like, what it does is it it forces the body because of the acid that's in it. It forces the body to stop making acid. That's the theory behind it, that your body's making too much acid, which is giving you the acid reflux. So you take a shot of this and it basically sends a a signal to the body. Stop creating acid. We have enough acid in the body. But in the process of doing that, your whole body cringes. Like it, it, it hurts your whole body when you do it. That's what taking a shot or taking any of that, like I just went, just give it a little sip um, straight. That's what this does to you when you, do, when you take that straight. It is, it is life-changing. <laughs> not in a good way. But I'll tell you, you know, you can, you can sit back and have a couple of beers. You can sit back and, you know, drink a little bit of rum or, or whatever. And you kind of get that nice, you know, calming effect. But then you then they kind of kind of mess with your head a little bit. This stuff doesn't do that. It, the weird thing about how this absinthe affected me is that I like was totally uh, in charge of my faculties, but my body just the whole, my whole body just kind of like, Oh, just relax. It was like, it took a deep breath. And it was like, Ugh. so it just had like such an interesting, different effect on my body than, than, than other alcohols that I've drank. So, by the way, I feel like we need to throw a little PSA in here. We do not support drunkenness. <laughs> this is 
just throw that in there. Uh, Everything in moderation. <laughs> uh, oh. Anyway, this is definitely because of the cost of this bottle and the size of this bottle. This is not going to be something that I drink a lot. This is going to be a special occasion bottle. So, by the way, this is the cutest little bottle. I love it. When this is empty, this is going to get used for something else. So, I, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but I have a container problem. <laughs> I, I love cool little containers. Duly noted. The container store messes me up. I was about to ask. So yeah. thank you. For I've been, that. I've been to the container store twice when we visited down in Nashville and yeah, that's, I don't have enough money or time. It's crazy. All right. Uh, Anything to add, sir? Nope. Nothing. All right. Well, let's wrap up the show for today. And uh, now that we're an hour and 49 minutes in, <laughs> holy crap. All right. Maybe we should have pushed good task stuff to next week. But anyway, we'll talk about that again next week. All right. If you want to hit us up on the internet, we are at innerdialogue.show. And uh, you can also hit Cam and I up on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Craig. And I'm at Cam Brennan. And I've actually started tweeting again. Who hey. knew? Hey. Very good. And you're at Cam Brennan on Instagram. Yep. I am Radio Mitch on Instagram and on Fortnite, by the way. So if you would have uh, been following me on Instagram, you would have saw the that bottle of absinthe here roughly a week ago, I think is when I bought it. So good stuff. All right. Hit us up on inner, inner dialogue dot show, and uh, we'll see you guys back here next time. Cam, it's been a good one. Thank you, sir. It has been good. Also, 5G. I was waiting for that. 